This is the 200 Churches Podcast. This podcast was created to provide resources and encouragement to leaders of small churches. Our mission is to encourage and equip leaders of the 94% of congregations in America under 500 members. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. I'm Johnny Craig. I'm here with Jeff Cady, and today we have a very special guest with us. We've been jokingly calling him Chris Nye, the ministry guy, and we ran across Chris Nye um, reading the Leadership Journal online, and Jeff passed his article to me. I really liked it, and we said, hey, let's try to get this guy on the podcast, and lo and behold, he said, okay. So, Chris, uh, tell us a little about yourself, where you're from, what time it is for you, because I think we got you out of bed kind of early, and uh, yeah, just introduce yourself. Well, I'm an early riser, but I'm over on the East Coast, uh, or the West Coast, uh, and uh, apparently not an early riser enough. On the West Coast, (laughs) uh, I'm in Portland, Oregon, and a pastor at Willamette Christian Church, which is just right outside of of Portland, and uh, married to Allie for almost three years now, my wife, who is a medical student at OHSU here in the city. So um, yeah, we lead a busy life, and uh, but a really blessed life. I get to enjoy uh, the great outdoors of Portland, the Oregon area, and uh, we love, love, love our church, and uh, that's been a huge blessing. Now this, this uh, article that you wrote, something about the new televangelist, Tell us about this article. How how was it that you wrote it? In, in other words, what forced you to think, "Hey, I got to put this down in writing, and this is something that's so important to me that I want to get it in print, and I'd like to share it with others." Yeah, well, as I kind of expressed in the article, it was a real personal learning process where I was taking, um, was going through ministry uh, and not very long in ministry, really just getting started, and there were a lot of people in my life uh, that I was looking to and surrounded with. But through a process, just learning of what a really learning about what does it mean to be a pastor. I had so many visions of what that meant. A lot of that came out on the internet, and then a lot of it came out in my personal relationships. And the article is just really about me sorting through those those things. Also, you know, doing some reading and just learning about pastoral ministry and talking to other pastors. It was just kind of growing in me and talking to some young friends who are also pastors. It was kind of growing around this idea like, man, we, my generation has a messed up view of what it means be a pastor, we think we're all going to stand in front of a stage of a thousand to three thousand people that our only duty is going to be to teach the Bible, that we're going to have a couple thousand Twitter followers and Facebook friends, and we're going to have a following and we're going to be recognized. We can't wait for that day to be recognized and, you know, all, all, all of that stuff. But kind of going alongside that was a stream of pastors that were in my life who were leading smaller ministries, smaller churches, and who were faithful, who were visiting the sick, who were counseling marriages, who were calling people back, going to dinner parties, a very simple local ministry happening within just a specific geographic area. And to me, those two things did not match up. The guys who were, uh, you know, speaking at conferences were not a lot like the guys that I was meeting kind of in my area and in my sphere of relationships. I kind of was on a journey of sorting out what's the correct vision, you know, of, of being a pastor. And that's kind of how I got thinking about it. I'm just a writer by nature, uh, English major. And so... I just had to start writing it down, kind of put it down a little bit. Well, when you use the term televangelist of the 1980s, you know, that struck a note with me because I was your age back in the middle 80s when the televangelists started crashing and burning. And yeah. so, you know, I view them as, you know, long gone. And I've never thought of uh, the guys that we follow now, you know, online 
as necessarily as televangelists, but really the uh, understanding is more on the listener's part, you know, and on our part as pastors, if we elevate these guys, you know, they're preaching in their church each week, and maybe they're putting out a, a podcast or a training lesson, but really it's up to us to keep those things in perspective, and uh, as you wrote about this, you talked about it at some point, coming to the conclusion that the guys that may be the top Twitter guys online are not the same as the guys that you work with and maybe the pastors at your church. That's exactly right. And that's that's really the point of the article and kind of my conclusion was big churches aren't bad. Small churches aren't bad. Having 100,000 Twitter followers is not bad. We are bad in that we celebrate a large gathering. We celebrate a celebrity's type of pastor, a good communicator. We're celebrating the wrong things. And so the article is not about these guys who have these major podcasts and host conferences are bad people. It's about um, reimagining our vision of pastoral success. It's about reimagining what do we see, what do we celebrate? And so there can be a guy who leads a church of 50 people who is is unfaithful and who is, uh, you know, who's not carrying out the work of the ministry and being a true pastor. At the same time, that same guy could be leading a church of 10,000. And so it's never about size. We're kind of looking at the wrong gauge of success. And we need to just be asking ourselves, um, and that's where the article kind of concludes, is it's just, we need to be asking ourselves, are we faithful? Are we faithful with what God has given us? Are we doing, because uh, yeah, ministry, as one of my friends says, you're messing with people's lives when you think about it. It's like this big weight of responsibility where you're you're intermingling with people's actual real lives. That's what always really heightens my awareness is going, you can't just think of yourself as an awesome guy who delivers a great sermon. Uh, you got to love these people. Absolutely. And we, we, I think that, we have to celebrate that. Yeah. Here, 200 Churches, you know, the whole reason we started the podcast, kind of the, the mission and, and vision of, for what we're doing here, I think you summed it up um, really well here where you said, we will be entrusted to lead a few people in the process of discipleship. Then you said, I'm not aiming for the entertainment of masses anymore. I am seeking to be faithful with the people that God has given me. And And Jeff and I really believe that you know, the 94% of churches in America that are under 500 members are making a huge impact for the kingdom of God. I mean, I think they're making 94% of the impact for the yes. kingdom of God. And so what would you say to pastors of 200 churches who, who are wishing that they were maybe in 2,000 churches or 5,000 churches or a pastor in a 50 church who wishes he could be in a 50,000 church? What would you say to one of those guys to just encourage them and not feel bad that their church isn't growing by leaps and bounds. I've been trying to just keep my eye on the ball of faithfulness to God. That's kind of my key word, you know, um, think about key passages from Jesus uh, and the, you know, my good and faithful servant and Paul saying I was entrusted, I was I was, I was deemed faithful in First Timothy 1 and, uh, you know, these are, that's the qualification for ministry is faithfulness and then there's a key piece that goes along with it, I think, which is perseverance and those are two words I've tried to cement in my mind and through a lot of mentors in my life, tried to just cement in my heart is, is keeping those two words at the forefront. And, you know, we're called to fulfill our ministry, not John Piper's ministry, not uh, Mark Driscoll's ministry, not Rick Warren's ministry, but Chris Nye's ministry. And uh, that's tough because we think bigger is better 
bigger is more of a headache. You know, our church has grown. My youth group has been growing and there are problems that arise out of that. I don't get to meet with the same people I, I, I met with before and, and it's harder to care for more people. And so, um, you know, the, the other thing that's, that's, that God's done really in my heart is just given me a deep love for these people in this church that I'm in. And, um, I try to keep my eye on that. And I would, I guess that would be my encouragement is keep your eye on the ball of faithfulness and and perseverance and just really loving um, those people. If we're always thinking about the next thing in pastoral ministry, like the next church, the next phase of growth our church goes through, we'll never be able to love the people now. Yeah, and I've kind of lived through that already. You know, when I was in my 20s, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to be a part of a church that's going to be moving and grooving. We were moving and grooving just in different directions than I thought that we would. (laughs) And I've just been involved in really in uh, grassroots ministry for 25 years. And I feel very fulfilled in that I've been able to be involved with a lot of different people, involved in the lives of a lot of different families to really make a contribution because so many of the churches around the country are going to be 50, 75, 125 member churches. But these are the churches that that cycle, you know, generations through them and are in the smaller communities but are making a huge difference. And so I had to come to the realization that, you know, am I am I content with that? You know, am I content with being a pastor of the church where I'm at because as I've told my wife a few times, well, you know, this church needs a pastor too. And somebody needs to do it, and somebody who's going to be patient and loving, but also somebody who's going to be faithful. And you use the term perseverance. Uh, that's a term that we used yesterday in a different podcast we were working on. you got to decide, are you going to be there for the long haul, and are you going to work on the culture of your church to make it what you want it to be? Because it is a long haul. It's going to take a long time, and you do need to have perseverance. So having said that, Chris, you're a young guy, 25 years old. What are your goals? And you can't say that you want to be in a in a really large church. <laughs> uh man god has God has called me to teach his word and to love people, and that's kind of what's been on my heart for a, a number of years and it's been cemented a couple of times. God just reminding me of that man that looks like it could be a lot of different things but i uh I just know loving people is a christian uh command right and uh, that's part of who I want to be and how I want to grow. Alongside of that, I just feel God has called me to teach the Bible and to do that, whether it's sitting across the table from one or two people or uh, in pastoral ministry, being a lead pastor or being a, uh, in colleges and universities. But, um, you know, I think there's a big thing in my generation that says, hey, I have the gift of teaching. These you know, guys my age will say, I have the gift of teaching, and they think they're entitled after their seminary degree to be a teaching pastor or a pastor who teaches every week. And I've learned you can affect people in many ways, and you can teach people in many ways, and the gift of teaching can mostly be best utilized with one-on-one, one-on-two one-on-three. There's the lie of discipleship, which says, well, you're just building into one person. No, you are not. You're building into someone so that they build into two people, three people. You know, it's it's the multiplication idea. You are not building into one person. And so, I felt God kind of call me in that direction of just uh, keeping my, my definition of teaching God's Word pretty open. You know, we here at 200 Churches, Jeff and I, we take a lot of inspiration and take a lot of, of the principles taught by 
kind of these new televangelists. And, you know, I don't think you or we mean that to be kind of a pejorative term. But we take a lot of their information and, and we talk about sometimes almost being like a filter. So what they're going to say might be good for a church of five, six, seven thousand. We're going to try to help break that down for a smaller church. So you, you say in your article, and I'm so, I keep quoting your article to you like you don't know what it says. Um, but you say it's not about big churches, small churches, or medium-sized churches. The new telev- te- televangelists aren't bad. We just elevate their skills above their character. And I completely agree with that, Chris. Talk a little bit about how, how do we balance out reading their information, listening to their podcast. We love Andy Stanley around here, Rick Warren. But taking in that information, but not making idols out of these guys, right? And not elevating all that material above their character. How do we, how do we kind of filter in that way. You just mentioned two amazing pastors, you know, who I, I view as men who took a long time to build really large churches. And man, we have so much to learn from those guys. And that's, that's what I say in the article. I'm still learning from those guys. I'm just uh, also learning. I'm not going to be those guys. And I think there's a separation there of their content and their character, like, like I said. And uh, I actually really admire uh, Rick Warren, you know, for his character. And so I think that in the filtration process that we're going through with listening to all this information is uh, we need to be paying attention to how these, how, um, you know, what, what are these guys useful for in our ministries? And I think guys like Rick Warren and Andy Stanley are extremely knowledgeable in organization, in, uh, in how to care for a growing church and uh, those types of things. I think we need to learn from the people in our immediate care community, uh, how to be a husband, how to be a, you know, a a good man, a good father, a patient person, uh, those type of character attributes, I'm not sure trickle down through podcasts. Um, I think I've seen some of that enter into my life, but man, older men, uh, building into my life, discipling me, mentoring me in what it means to be a pastor, a man, a father, a husband, whatever. That's where I kind of make a separation. I don't look to Andy Stanley for um, how to be a good man necessarily. I don't know him. He doesn't know me. Uh, And I'm not sure how much life discipleship process can happen between uh, a a man that I just know about. Do you know what I mean? Uh, There's that difference between knowing about and just knowing these guys. But Chris, if you could only know him, you'd be so much more cool, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, isn't that the goal? That's the goal to know Andy Stanley. Probably now, get more speaking gigs. There you, there you go. Yeah, and that you, you made a really good point. And, you know, it's interesting to me having the perspective of years is that 25 years ago, we couldn't have this problem because there wasn't an internet. We had yep. the problem on television. So we elevated yes. these guys and they were across the airwaves and, and there were some huge scandals and some huge moral failures that reverberated through the church at the time, but when you use the term the new televangelist, again, that really caught my eye because what's going on right now on the internet is is something that we can do today, and we can make that mistake today, and guys can get, you know, there can be what my son likes to use the term bandwagon, you know, the bandwagon effect where oh, it's just going by, man, so everybody's just jumping onto it, and the quality is suspect and it may take some time before the quality is proven. And guys like Stanley and uh, and Rick Warren, Bill Hybels, these guys have have put in the time. They've paid the price, and their uh, their characters and the quality of their content really is proven. So that's why they're they're still around, and we're still listening to them. What would you like to add? Would you like to uh, wrap this up with any words to 
guys that are in their 20s, 20-something pastors who are just starting out in a church, and they've got all kinds of energy and all kinds of excitement, and they want to hit the ground running, and they want to grow their church quickly. Yeah, the, that you know, that desire isn't bad, and that youthful energy, I've been told by a lot of people to use it, and to, and, but just to guide it, do you know what I mean? And, uh, and to not, like I said, put um, the world's expectations on us. Um, that, that's the temptation. And uh, the temptation is to see somebody speaking to a large group and thinking that's going to fulfill us. You know, I've been learning more and more, you can't fake your ministry. And uh, I mean, you can, but you're not going to get the results God desires when you're faking it. I think there's there's a level to pastoral ministry where we need to be extremely honest with ourselves and with people around us. And I guess what I would add to all of this is a good tree produces good fruit. And that metaphor Jesus uses is essential in my understanding of pastoral ministry. He understood, you know, I think Jesus understood the best way to get a great church is through a great man. He knew if he could renew us and renew Chris Nye to be a humble servant and a person who loves Jesus and is a man of prayer and person of devotion to uh, his community, then a good church is going to come out of that. And and good church by that, I mean, whatever God desires. And so as I talk about keeping our eye on the ball of faithfulness and things like that, there needs to be a serious focus on us and Jesus, us and our faith, our personal development, our personal growth, um, having people around us uh, who, who, ha- who have that great vision of pastoral ministry. Chris, thanks a lot for being on today with us. You know, we really appreciate your your leadership and, you know, this article was great. Yeah, we just appreciate you being on with us and, and your passion for 200 churches or really any church and for the pastors out there who are who are um, building those relationships and really doing doing the hard work and really committing themselves to the ministry and not to, you know, this quick fame or, or whatever like that. So thanks so much for being with us today on the 200 Churches Podcast. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. Remember, the leadership that you provide in your church, no matter the size, matters huge in the kingdom of God.